Welcome to the Common Briefing Program, a CGP offshoot podcast where each month, a few of us from the Common Geeking Program share the latest stories that we feel are the most important and impactful for geeks around the world, or maybe just the United States, I don't know. Uh, I'm your host, Colin Ketchin, and recapping the month of January 2019, I am joined by... Hey guys, it's me, Keenan, uh, leader of the resistance and all-around best friend. To whom? <laughs> yeah, to, to everyone. To the people! <laughs> Sorry. The, uh, Keenan Kodish, the people's friend. Chowder? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, hi, I'm I'm Kaimul Chowdhury, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. And last? It's your boy, Patty Ice. Uh, I'm here. There's background noise, and it's annoying as fuck. <laughs> Don't live with roommates, people. They suck. True that. Well, I mean, my, the only roommate in proximity to me, to me right now is uh, my cat. Though on my last recording, he nuzzled up against me and the static went up my headphones and totally botched my recording. So, like, even that is a big yeah, problem. I was meaning to talk to you about that because I don't think I heard anything that's going on in your life recently. So, well, well, Oh, yeah. Uh, my roommate is, uh, is moving out. Uh, so it's going to be just me here for a little bit. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. It's going to be kind of fun. Wait, you, wait, Dom is leaving. Yeah, Dom is a uh, Dom is leaving. We're we're divorcing. I'm keeping the kids, though he gets. Uh, where could he possibly go? Who shall say where the road goes? <laughs> where the road leads? I mean, I don't. I don't feel super comfortable putting my roommate's life decisions on blast when he's not here to defend or explain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be just me ushering this new era of relaxed podcasting for. Uh, for for Colin catching here because this the common briefing programs are a way more laid back way of approaching geek stuff. This is actually coming out the same day as episode 100, so that's going to be that's kind of cool for anyone coming off the heels of that. Thanks for celebrating the milestones with us. Um, how you guys doing? Before we get in, let's let's get relaxed. Let's loosen up. Let well, how how's your day been? I tried to do the saltine challenge today. It did not work. What's the saltine challenge? You have to. Eat six saltines one at a time in sixty seconds with no water. Hmm, doesn't sound fun. No, uh, it's it's not easy. Um, I mean, as, as I told you earlier, Colin, uh, I am getting over some food poisoning. It was uh, pretty fucking nasty. <laughs> I, that is all I'll say. God, you and your butt. We're starting this off with some good juju, um, uh, Keenan. You had something to celebrate uh, oh, just yeah. moments ago. Uh, I I I I I am now officially certified in both California and New York, but more recently, as 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 in today, recently, um, <laughs> as an emergency medical technician in California. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, it took so long because they kept losing my mail. They kept what? Well, you see, I needed a course certificate from the UCLA course I took here, right? Because originally, I was just going to take the national exam through my New York class. But mm -hmm. they were taking so long to confirm it. And by so long, I mean like four months I put in the request. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to do an accelerated course when I get to California. Uh-huh. So I waited a month for that. When it that sounds awful. And then I called them and I was like, all right. And just at the end of the process, the lady was like, wait a minute. Before you like pay us, what's your last name? And I was like, Kodish, K-O-D. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I have a stack of stuff here. What? 
I was like, oh, really? Wait, let me check through this pile. And she's like, oh, it's here. It was marked return to sender. So either they got the address wrong or some mailman got it wrong and some dickhead, you know, uh, resident sent it back. So I eventually... You know, I'm not going to lie, Keenan, not to interrupt rudely, though I am doing that. I, I'm really That's wigged right. out that you've been telling a story for like a good 30, 40 seconds now. And there's been like no mention of, of vampires, lycanthropes or other mythical creatures in here to sort of upend the status quo of your tale. It's very yeah. unlike you. Well, I mean, it could be like the vampires causing it, but I don't know. But then I mailed everything in, and they lost my card twice in the mail. It was into the wrong place. Why don't the vampires want you saving lives? I don't know, Do they man. have like some sort probably... of fucking operation in LA that we don't know about? See, that's the thing. I gotta start doing some night walks, man. Night shifts. I can't, I can't allow them just to be around, man. Well, two of us are having pretty good days. Sorry about the other two. Uh, well, let's, let's just jump into the geek news then. I'm gonna kick it off. Uh, hopefully can cheer Pat up, because Pat, your face is looking so serious right I'm now. I'm fucking annoyed. Oh. Hey, hey, guys, let's cheer up Pat. Let's, that is this episode's goal. We're going to make Pat... <laughs> we're going to make sure there's not a second without a smile on his big old face okay. by the end of the episode. Are you guys with me on this? Yeah, I like to see that handsome face smile. Was, Operation Pro Pat. He will smile. Or else. Pro Pat and Pro Pat accessories. Pro Pat accessories. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go just like, uh, is there a bunch of it, uh, like pro whatever, you know, like what's a what's a what's a what's a nice way to say not Pat, not pro, Pat, pro anyone else, pro. <laughs> There's a bunch of rallies. Anti Pat. <laughs> All right, so my name is Colin Ketchin, and recapping geek news for the month of January 2019, if anybody has listened to the Common Geeking program through now, um, you should know that I'm a fan of one particular science fiction franchise. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog is my favorite science fiction franchise, mostly for the bestiality displayed in 2006. <laughs> oh, dude, TMNT. <laughs> the people have scared Sega from showing us the truth of love and they haven't done it since. Um, no, Sonic 06 was a bad game. Don't play it. Uh, actually, have you seen like uh, like the uh, Games Done Quick, uh, this year's Games Done Quick run of Sonic 06? No, yeah, I it, haven't. It's... I it's, I have to imagine it takes a long time just because of how long it takes to load. No, <laughs> actually, like, uh, because of, like, how broken the game is, it's actually really fun for speedrunners to play and really fun to watch how, like, crazy they can, like, uh, get through the game, you know? Well, you've just unfortunately given me a reason to revisit that game uh, yet another time. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sidestep that that shit show and focus on uh, what premiered on January 17th. Star Trek Discovery season two came out on CBS All Access, and I'm just gonna talk about this for a little bit because that's what this episode format lets me do. Should Riker have his beard? Riker still has his beard because Jonathan nice. Frakes is directing two episodes this season. And he has his beard. Oh, uh, is he still fat? Uh, I mean, he's like in his sixties. He's got a he's got a very lovable physique. He's well, a big I old. Mean, you know, Patrick Stewart's still looking world fit. Pa Patrick Stewart is just like one giant British muscle that is somehow still just punching his way through Hollywood. <laughs> uh, but the, the Captain Picard show, or the old Picard they show, call it the, the Stewart effect. Um, the Star Trek Discovery is. Uh, I haven't actually talked about Discovery on this podcast in about a year when the middle of season one was happening. It's about to say. And Star Trek Discovery 
is a prequel series set 10 years before the original series, which aired in the 60s, and it follows a character named Michael Burnham. And the whole first season was about a war with the Klingons, and Star Trek is usually a pretty optimistic show. It's very much about, like, you know, peace and, and, and happiness and togetherness and inclusivity. And then they were like, let's... Except for the whole con thing. Well, that was, yeah, that was one episode. We're talking a whole season of this show was, let's do a war. I mean, Khan was pretty inclusive. He included uh, he... all of his people in missiles. <laughs> <laughs> For the time okay. the whales were going to destroy uh, Earth with their like with, with their languages. The whales weren't. Yeah, gonna, with their no, language. No, the giant space poop volleyball was going to destroy Earth, and they needed the whales to stop it. Yeah, because they were other whales. <laughs> so did the whales just like bat the volleyball around with nah, their tails? Nah, no, they, they talked they to talked. it because Star Trek yeah. is all talking. Yeah, no, it literally like their 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 messages were destroying cities because it, it, was, was, just, it was just too whalish. Imagine. <laughs> Ken, I want you to take a big look in the mirror after that one. No, like, dude, the thing is, I'm not even wrong. That's the thing about it. Like, that, that's basically the start of the, st- of the movie. It's, uh, you guys should watch Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. It's a wonderful 80s. 80s it, it is the funniest Star Trek. Yeah. It's very it's very enjoyable. He doesn't like Italian food. Will it ruin the rest of the franchise for me? No. It, it, no, it really won't. It'll give you an appreciation for it, I You'll hope. You'll learn that Spock does not like Italian food. And also, there's a there's actually a... True. There is a Star Trek IV cameo in Spider-Man Homecoming. We'll get back to that later. So, the... Uh, the Can we also get back to why Spock doesn't like Italian food? It's just, it's a bit, it's great. Do, do, I, I mean, do you really want me to go into, like, like the culture of Vulcan? Because that's a big conversation. Then probably not. Well, speaking of Spock, uh, season two of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah, I heard about um, It started off uh, with an episode called Brother, because the character of Michael Burnham is infamously regarded as Spock's foster sister. She's a human who was adopted by Spock's father, Sarek. And we haven't seen Spock yet, but these first couple episodes are all about um, the character of Spock, who is going to join the show. And I gotta say, first and foremost, I really enjoy season two so far. A lot of Trekkies didn't love the darker war-themed tone and discussion in season one of Discovery. And I think that season two starts off right away by saying, this is, this is more fun, and we're gonna do more classic Trek stuff. But also... The budget of this thing is incredible. Pat, you were just yeah. referencing Star Trek Into Darkness, the uh, the the 2013 film. Hell yeah, it was. With, with Ben DeCumbi. And do you remember the, the sequence in Into Darkness when Kirk and Khan, as played by Chris Pine and Benedict Cumberbatch, are like, they're like space diving from yeah. one ship to yeah, the other? Yeah, the asteroids and shit. They, there is an action sequence in the episode Brother of Discovery that is, I think of the same visual caliber on a TV show. Oh, that's cool. And that is honestly more exciting and interesting. Um, question, uh, Colin. Yes. Uh, I'm a little confused because I, I, I've known of Star Trek Discovery, um, but mm-hmm. I thought it was set, set way before the original Star Trek. I thought it was like... Nope. 
at it's least only, one generation before. It's only about 10 years beforehand. I don't recall really? which start at convention they use, but um, it is set in like the 2250s, whereas the original series is in like 2260s. Huh. And I thought it was like 100 years kind of a thing. In the original series, they made a pilot in 1965 that didn't air until the 80s, and it was starring uh, Jeffrey Hunter as Captain Christopher Pike, yeah. who we did see in like the in the J.J. movies. Um, Captain Christopher Pike is a character in Discovery in Season 2 because this takes place a year or two after that original pilot. So they're, they're finding all these, like, nimble ways to sort of, like, we carve their own space into the canon. Because Mud shows up. I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rain Wilson plays Harry Mud. They also did the... Were those good? Those episodes? Uh, yeah. Mud was the fun. The Mud episodes were, like, my favorites. And Rain Wilson directed and starred in a Harry Mud short episode, a 15-minute, like, short film episode. Nice. All about him. And it's just... It puts a, just the biggest smile on my face. But for season two of Discovery, I think the pros are the... Visually, uh, kinetically, it, it does a lot to sort of mimic the cinematic spectacle of Star Trek Into Darkness or, you know, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. And at the same time, it's sort of returning to more classic things. You see the Starship Enterprise. You see them going on away missions in the first two episodes, which as of this recording is all we have. By the time you listen, listeners, there will be at least three episodes out. Um, I think stuff that I'm a little disappointed in so far is the characters that they set up in Discovery Season 1 are, like, so wonderful. Actors like Anthony Rapp of Rent fame uh, and Wilson Cruz, also of Rent fame, uh, are in the cast among, you know, Mary Wiseman and Doug Jones, who I know that at least some of you guys are familiar with. And I don't think they're getting enough time on the screen. And that makes me sad, because they made some really wonderful characters, and they're spending so much time talking about Spock and uh, Burnham, Spock's sister, that we're and introducing pike to the show played by bo burnham yeah played played by bo burnham um (laughs) bo burnham as michael burnham an african-american female uh the most offensive use of prosthetics in the modern age dude bo burnham in a sci-fi can we we need to make that happen that would be the most ineffective starfleet bridge ever (laughs) because instead of a helm like computer pad it would just be a casio keyboard no, it's just no, it's 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 just him there, and he's just like he's just the character he portrays on stage, which is like a really neurotic, insecure. <laughs> I, I want to see the songs do. he plays. Make every it time so. Could, could could you like could you just make it so? Like God, guys, I'm not <laughs> I'm not asking you to like reshape the universe, okay? In the middle in the middle of a battle, can't handle this. <laughs> I just can't handle this. Meanwhile, the captain is screaming, like, would you please fire your weapons? And he's just, do-do-do. Can you not yell at me? <laughs> I guess, in short, because I just want to wrap up my bit, Star Trek Discovery Season 2, I think it takes the right steps and right lessons from Season 1. Uh, I think that they just need to focus a little more on the great things they have in the show. Um, I'm not under any illusions that the three of you are going to be able to watch it. But if you ever do, I'd love to talk to you about it. Listeners, if you're on the fence, do it up. There's a free trial. Binge it. Big fan. Find a way to watch I need it. Someone to, I only have like six people to talk about it with. That's not enough. No, if you say it's like it's good. I, I've been, every once in a while, I've been trying to watch The Next Generation recently. Like, maybe I've been cherry picking episodes. I accidentally fell gen. into the episode where, uh, uh, where Tasha was just fucking killed off. Yeah. Like, fucking. Spoilers. <sighs> it's sad that they killed her. It's a bad episode. Dude, yeah, it's like a bad episode. <laughs> I mean, like, like the first two seasons are bad. 
you. The first two seasons are pretty rough. They're not bad. They just make weird choices. It's. Uh, I know some people who really like the first two seasons, and if you like the first two seasons, you're gonna love the rest of the show. Which is, I think, why I'm like so delighted with Discovery because I know how bad Star Trek can be, and this is just really good already. That's nice. And, good for you. Yeah, and if it's gonna be have a similar upswing to the Next Generation, then that is only very good things from here. Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. That's my time. Uh, next up, Keenan, you got some geek news from January 2019. Hit me with it. Uh, I got two kind of things. Uh, first, the overall. Uh, both are DC related because, you know, you're the Star Trek guy. I'm a big DC guy. Uh, one, they're, um, it's kind of more or less official DC now. Comics? That, yeah, the DC Comics. That the DC, the DC uh, Cinematic Extended Universe, or whatever they're calling it. The, the, the Deku. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically dead now. Uh, now, now this oh, that's nice. is a little confusing because some people are like, oh, they're not going to make any more movies. Well, they are. They're moving, uh, according to Warner Brothers, uh, they're moving to more director-oriented uh, movies. Which, honestly, I'm really happy about because, frankly, an issue I've been having recently with, like... And they, and they were talking about how, like, we don't want to do the MCU playbook. We want to do DC. Which is, like, cool, and I really respect that. Probably because, like, they failed at doing the MCU thing. I'm, I really, like, I'm really excited about this. This is a very good thing, <laughs> in my opinion. And, like, I don't want you to just use this as an opportunity to shit on DC. All right, okay, Pat, Chatter, let's take a step back. I think we're kind of in the Keenan... I didn't say shit! No, 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 no this no, is for no, your like, safety. Like, we're in the Keenan splash zone here. Let's just, like, back up a little bit before he gets too excited. No, I don't want to be in Keenan's splash zone. <laughs> Something I've actually been having a lot of trouble with Marvel recently is, like... Um, when I watch like a superhero movie, most of the time I kind of just want to watch that hero's movie. And recently with Marvel, every single movie has like a crossover in it that plays a major role. Like I loved Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, but something I really hated about it was how much Tony Stark showed up in the movie. And I really liked Thor Ragnarok, but I kind of got annoyed at how much Hulk showed up in it. Which, like, you have your preferences, whatever. But my point is, what makes crossovers really cool, like Infinity War, is the fact that most of the time you don't see these characters interacting this way. Um, and so with DC... If every uh, movie's a crossover, nothing is. Yeah, that's what I kind of mean. So, like, when uh, DC DC's saying, we kind of want to just make Shazam stories... And then the next movie, you know, uh, with uh, Batman, could be a Batman story. I'm super excited about that. I also think... Well, actually, a point question, actually, because okay. I actually don't know. Uh, if they're sort of abandoning this, and I know Ben Affleck, he, I think he kind of wants out, which I might be a big part of this decision. Mostly. The, the, the interesting thing is, in the Shazam trailer, you see a Batarang that is the design of the Batarang of the Batman played by Ben Affleck. So yeah, is, it, is think, it to understand that they'll exist in the same universe, but like not yeah, really I think be focused on crossovers? Yeah, I think it's basically like um, the way it is in the comics, hmm. where Aquaman is still doing stuff, but like, yeah, the Justice League and other people are things and they will acknowledge. Um, hmm. I don't think we'll really see like another like Justice League 2. They may shift around. I know Patty Jenkins was saying we need... Probably because Justice League failed horribly at the box office. Uh, I, I thought Justice League actually was pretty okay and a good step. 
If it had been their first movie, I would have been very happy. If it had been their first movie, yes, things would have gone much better. I actually just watched Justice League uh, a couple weeks ago. No, no, I mean, like monetarily, it did not. Yeah, sell. Mo- yeah, it did not. It did not do great. What I'm saying is, is, is that you know, if that had been their first movie, that first attempt to make a like that, I would have been like, all right, that's really nice. Plus, it would have. I think the idea to introduce Justice League quick earlier was a smart move. Because that's the way Justice League forms. It's like they're all they all don't know each other and they show up and they're like, Oh crap. But now they're kinda of taking a page from like the Aquaman book and the Wonder Woman book where like we want to see a Wonder Woman movie. Let's just focus on Wonder Woman. Um Did you see the news about Aquaman's uh box office? Yeah, gross? it broke, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Which like listen, I really liked Aquaman. Uh and visually, it was very impressive, except for one scene. Uh, there was just weirdly, there was just one random scene where, like, Aquaman's chained up, and, like, it's just bad CGI. And it felt really weird, because the rest of the movie, in my opinion, was beautiful and, like, really well done. And then there's just this, like, high school-level shit, and I'm like, what the... F-? Um, but, yeah, so that's what I'm excited about for that. The other thing is, uh, as of Friday, the third season of Young Justice, uh, dubbed uh, Young Justice Outsiders, wrapped up. They've been releasing on the new uh, DC Universe, uh, which is like their streaming platform now. Um, they've been releasing three episodes every Friday for the past month. And I gotta say, I'm, I am was super happy with Wait, it. Wait, three episodes on a single day? Yeah, every Friday. Every, every, every Friday is three, you get three episodes a week? Yeah take that wait how long are the episodes uh 25 to 30 minutes you get an hour and a half of content a week for one show dude my that has been my ritual recently like what kind of hot dang crunch are these people on but it's but don't worry man i we have to wait till june for the second half because it's it this is the end of the first part part one Uh, yeah i say it was very impressive they do a time skip again um and it's very smooth because like it's been a while also since i watched you know the original young justice series since i watched you know yeah (laughs) you know you know uh, but they do a lot of really cool things with characters they also what i love about dc animated is one it is top of the i'm sorry like marvel tries to do animated but i gotta say like DC animated movies and shows are usually like top. They're just they're all quality, you know. Well, Marvel There's... did one real good animated movie recently, and that's not even Marvel though. That's Sony that made that movie, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. It smacked me right into the ground. Hot man, wow! I just said hot man by accident. What the hell, man? Chatter, you just. You just... <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I also super love about the DC animated movie is that they actually have a really cool habit of taking like C-list and B-list and more obscure heroes and villains and kind of making them more of a focal point. And I think that's just really cool uh, that they can do that. And they use that platform to like, all right, well, um, this character is more obscure. We can play around with this character and do more. You know, like um, recently they did they did an arrowette. They've also done a what? Uh, Arrow, Arrowette. She's Is one that of the just Batman. a female arrow? Uh, no, she's like a th- she's like not Artemis. I know that sounds like bad, but uh. like. It's basically that's basically who she is. She is like more of a story, you know. But like, I don't got time to like go into. But they also find <laughs> Orphan, and um, you know they've done they've been recently they uh, in the last like episode or two they f- focused more on Beast Boy. Uh, they also did a very funny parody of Teen Titans Go. In it. Yeah, I saw that episode. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah, uh, yeah, there was a great episode. I didn't know how I felt about that episode because like at once it was very funny, but also like that's an episode that deals with some very heavy stuff. I mean, I think that was the point, you know, where they're, like, because, like, in that episode, they were, like, oh, yeah. uh, it's, uh, Doom Patrol Go. 
done in the style of like, <laughs> and they're singing about how they're gonna go off to die and die because they did and that's what happens uh so like it's like very funny but they're also like like i said um they also introduced a character um harper row who becomes bluebird and bluebird is like one of the like bad fans batman's like people i don't want to act like i'm rolling my eyes i just have such limited knowledge of the dc universe that every time you say a new name i'm like what who what how no, am I it's okay keep no, no it's like it's, it's comics you know there's 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 so much to know like even i don't know all of it and like if i did i'd be working for dc um but <laughs> Is that how that like, works yeah, can cbs like, yeah. please hire me right you know but like uh also like for example in suicide hell to pay which was the most recent uh which was one of the most recent very good movie christian slater is in it as Deadshot, um, very funny, very just high quality. Once again, um, I think you really enjoy the premise. They're all trying to get a get out of hell free card for Amanda Waller. If you die with it when you have it, you get out of hell free. It's kind of that's great. no, it's it's that's it's a, an interesting concept. That sounds a, like a really a, fun premise. That sounds like great. Yeah. You know, plus, it's a really good plot device because anytime someone holds it, they're like, all right, no one can kill me because I got the card and you don't want to use it up. It has one use. And also, you don't know if it's going to work again. Ooh. <laughs> no, it's great. And they also did like, but the thing is, something they did is they brought in Silver Banshee. She's not part of the squad, but she shows up in the movie. And I think Silver Banshee, recently, I think she appeared on uh, Supergirl, but she's kind of like, you know, she even though she's like a Superman villain, she's kind of like B-list at best. So is is all this stuff available through the DC Universe? Yes, actually. All of it is on DC Universe, all their animated stuff, as well as the live-action Titans, which uh, I've l- Let the audio record kind of state, okay. Pat, just gave the most convincing, not bad face I've ever seen at the mention Yeah, no, that. they put <laughs> everything on it, and it's just really, like, so it's like, really, so if you're a DC fan, or if you're interested in getting into DC, uh, like, find someone with, with who, who has an account or like go on the account because like i said it was really i think it was a strong move by them to do that um yeah. i actually think that's what marvel's doing now with their recent cancellations of like um like punisher and stuff i think they're just like ramping it up until they can like make their own streaming service because uh, yeah also... that makes sense because we'll get the disney the disney plus streaming but uh we oh yeah i was just gonna say that's what dc did with uh with young justice it was gonna be on netflix they stopped it and then they, they pulled it okay oh yeah exactly so one very quick question before we move on um have you watched titans the teen titans live action television program um i've wa- i've started like an episode or two and weirdly enough from everyone who i've talked about it with they really liked it I've heard good things. I've heard some good things. Some people like it, yeah, some right? people it's don't. Uh, good, to, yeah. good to know. All right. Um, well, we're two for two on trying to push uh, streaming subscription service platforms. Uh, before we move on to Chowder, let's do a, a, a pro-pat check-in. Pro-pat, how's that smile doing, boy? Uh, it's better now that you just said we're two for two on pushing streaming services because I'm about to push another one. Hell yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Chatter's going to go first, and then we can we can round it off. So, Chatter, oh, yeah. Chatter, are oh, you going to be the you gonna be the combo breaker, Chatter? What are you talking I, about? I'm afraid I'm pro- I'm pro- I'm pro- I'm going to be the combo breaker. Sorry, oh, guys. Sure, let me go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, for... First thing I wanted to talk about is a uh, upcoming uh, little indie game from uh, Chucklefish. Uh, it's called Wargroove. For those of you that like uh, uh, turn-based strategy games like Fire Emblem or Advanced Wars, uh, it's very much like that. It's set in like a medieval fantasy setting. Uh, it it has like a lot of the features that Advanced War has, like 
You get to like create your own maps, create your own campaigns, uh, and uh, it's got a it's got a campaign mode, uh, and uh, uh, you know s- different kinds of units. A really nice little art style that's like very colorful and and well, it's not eight bit. It's uh well, it's like Game Boy Advance style graphics. Uh, I'm already impressed by this indie <laughs> game. <laughs> I'm sorry, just recently a lot of indie games I've been seeing are like, they're all 8-bit, which I get nostalgia. And I also get that like, it's probably the cheapest thing you can do. It is much, it is definitely cheaper to produce, though. Yeah. To make a, a game like, in like pixel gra- art style yeah. that communicates well is, is like, not an easy thing. Yeah, like the graphics are like a, a, like a, a souped-up uh, Game Boy Advance style. It's very, it's a... Uh, the animation's really good. It's like very nice and flowing and full of like a lot of great acting. So uh, there's that. Uh, is there Rob Perlman? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That would be nice. Actor. Wait, wait, wait. Why is that? Wait, wait. Why is that a go-to question <laughs> for quality and content of a video game? Is Ron Perlman involved? Uh, like, uh, well, one name one bad game with Ron Perlman. You can't, can you? Two also voice acting. Ron Perlman's king. Uh, I think it's kind of sad that I wasn't even surprised by Keenan asking that. Like, <laughs> it's because you know it's the right question to ask. Uh, but, um, no anyways, this game is coming out February first, so you can get. So this episode airs this Friday, right? So you yeah, can Friday get, the first. Yeah, so you can get it now. Now, if you want to, February first, Wargroove. That's W-A-R-G-R-O-O-V-E, Wargroove. All right, let's not pump their shit up too much. They didn't yeah, this episode's sponsored by Chowder's unlicensed advertising deals. Yeah. That's got to go through me. I need a cut of that money, bro. Where's my paycheck? No, that's actually... It's um, in the mail that your uh, neighbors keep sending back. <laughs> Too true, too true. Wait, Kodesh? Oh, no, sorry. No money for you. Not today. Dude, Come back next two, week. There is two directories in my building. There's one by the door and one above the mailboxes. I don't get why this keeps happening. <laughs> the, uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about was uh, a Kickstarter campaign. It's for a comp- graphic novel called The Low City. It is a fantasy... It is a fantasy buddy cop story. Uh... Can you say that again? A fantasy buddy cop. No, no, no. The title is it Velocity or The Low City? The Low City. All right, so like three words. Okay. Yes, three words. Uh, you thought it was vo- like Velocity, but with a long O, Keenan? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's you know, it's indie games. They do this shit all the well, time. Well, this this is a graphic novel. Someone's no. being a little the slow city. Sorry. Continue. Shut the fuck up, Tom. This is a graphic novel. It's about a... It's it's about a patrol woman named DC and her uh, intern, uh, Kale, as they investigate uh, narcotics that are appearing in their city, which is a fantasy setting. So that's... uh, That's funny. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Wait, did you just... (laughs) No, I was just laughing at the delivery of like, there's this and that, so that's funny, and then just keep on, keep on trucking you know, with the conversation. Drugs are funny. <laughs> you heard it here first. Quote Chowder. Yeah, the the artwork looks good, and uh, they actually have like a pilot issue that's like, uh, what is it, like thirty three pages long. That's is that is that just like a sample thing? Yeah, yeah, that's like a sample thing. You can. That's uh, kind of that's a meaty sample for a graphic novel. That's like. 
That's like an wait, entire wait. issue of a comic. Wait, wait, wait. How? How big? This, th- well, this is just the pilot issue that they're showing for free. It's like, this is what the comic is, you know? Yeah, but how long is it? Oh, sorry, I missed it. It, the pilot issue is 33 pages, but the Dude, that's full, like two. It's pretty good. Yeah, but the yeah. Full, but the full graphic novel is going to be 100 pages. <laughs> I was really worried you would be like, it's going to be 35 pages. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's full, crazy. No, the full graphic novel will be 100 pages, but the first issue is available for free. Uh, so if you're interested in this, you can check it out. And if this is totally your thing, uh, you can go fund fund this uh project uh it uh it uh funding will end on february 21st 2019 um and uh they're, oh, well, year. We're good. Their, their pledge goal is 3200 dollars. so yes 3200 no no three thousand thirty-two thousand dollars. oh thousand oh. i was supposed to say 3200 is pretty yeah, I, I do. is pretty I do modest something for something like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, oh, they'll reach that in no time. Good for that. $32,000. That's different. But yes, their their goal is... What's it printed on? Wax paper? <laughs> <laughs> their goal their goal is $32,000. Uh, uh, yeah, so there's that. And the last thing I wanted to talk about. It's another Kickstarter campaign for a for a comic. Uh it is called Chicken Soup and Goji Berries. It is a, a graphic novel. I'm sorry, what? Chicken soup Chicken Soup and Goji Berries. Yeah, dude. Like, What's a goji berry? It's Come like on. a watery mix and you like you put chicken in it and you know, like the bird. Google it. Okay, gotta, like, I'm gonna it. Google Goji Berries. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting Goji Berries. I'll, I'll, give me a sec. You guys keep going, I'm just gonna look it up. So this is about a Chinese American or no, not Chinese American, Chinese Canadian family. Uh, this is about a Chinese Ooh, talking Can- about the old motherland, eh? This is about a Chinese Canadian family that uh uh and like it's just like a slice of life thing about uh, their experiences and stuff. Uh, uh the interesting thing about this is that it'll switch between uh uh Chinese and English depending on just the characters because, you know, with like immigrant families, it's very normal for them to like communicate in their native language but also like in English, you know. Are there translators? Because I don't speak English very good. I was about to say, like, is there is there something that I, a poor English only person, can yeah. read? Yes, they. You're not English only. I see your Duolingo status. <laughs> I, uh, I, it doesn't. Duolingo doesn't, doesn't say if you're fluent anymore. So I don't even know if I speak Spanish. How can I tell if my phone doesn't tell me? True. <laughs> Sorry, just, I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, Chatter. No, no, I'm just trying to look look at something. Uh, it seems that they won't be translating to Chinese, but then again, they're also not translating to English. So, oh, uh, dang it, I can't speak English. Is this like a way to foster international pen pal relationships? Like, 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 hey, I'll translate this part if you translate that part. But wait a sec, no, wait, how does that even work? Because I think that still requires that the two parties be able no, to communicate. No, because I can type in the English into Google Translate and have it spit out the ah, Chinese. Ah, but we don't have the keyboards to enter Mandarin exactly. characters. Exactly. Listen, I listen. see. Colin, how do you think hentai gets it, right? It's about community, it's about friendship, it's about... No, <laughs> I guarantee you the people making the hentai speak English, too. What, 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 why are you doing this? Like, I, I, I was talking about this cute little... Where's Jeff when you want to talk about poop noodles? God damn. This is a new dimension to the sub-verse-dub argument that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> also, English to Chinese translation 
on Google Translate is awful. Everyone knows this. It was a joke. Question, is it Mandarin or simplified? Here comes Keenan with, like, the cultural awareness knowledge, making us all look like fools. I'm actually Canadian, though, so the other half of the book is for me, Keenan, and you can't take it away. You're right. I forgot about it. the second language of Canada. Yeah, it's French. I don't speak that shit. <laughs> <laughs> the very large Chinese uh, demographic in in Canada. I totally forgot. Yeah, you know, uh, I think in Toronto, right, they only speak uh, Chinese. Is that yeah, right? let me tell you, getting to the top of the CN Tower was a bit of a nightmare back before the iPhone existed. Um, Chatter, do you have any other things you want to tack on to the end here? I know this is, we've been chatting a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's what kind of Chinese it is, but yeah. But so that's very cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Chicken soup and goji berries. Uh, a bilingual graphic novel about migration, family, food by Naomi Q and Janice Liu. I am very sorry if I mispronounce your names. Uh, fun- funding for this project ends on February 16, 2019. Uh, the goal is $3,332. I, that is actually. That is actually like 3200 not 32000 Yeah, yes. Got it. Nailed it. Yeah, so, uh, if you want to fund that, Go do that. I really, rec- I really think it's a good use of your money. And uh, yeah, that's uh, what I got to talk about. Wonderful, Chatter. Thank you so much for your uh, in- enriching domains that you've brought to the show. Now switching over to uh, to Pro Pat over here, we're gonna press Y to get back on the rails of the streaming service conversation. Pat, what you bringing? Who we paying for? <laughs> I would like to first point out that the correct terminology is pressing triangle. You really trying to start like a PlayStation 1 versus Dreamcast war here? I'm saying that specifically for the Tony Hawk game. The Dreamcast is the best console ever made! Okay, Colin. Uh, yeah, I do Whatever believe you, you mean the Neo Geo. Wait, so Tony Hawk? We're not talking Neo Geo. As someone Wait, who's actually? played a Neo Geo, I don't want to fuck with the Neo Geo right, anymore. Anyway... Yeah, like- I brought uh, a new series from the talented minds of Ruby and Red vs. Blue. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You do know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Genlock, the latest series from Rooster Teeth. Yeah. This is an animated series which kind of combines a little bit of East, a little bit of West, and makes it a nice little funky thing. All right. So the whole premise behind yeah, Genlock it is it's set. What? <laughs> North. It's it's in the middle of east and west. North. So south is also in the middle of east and west. Kaden. No, but I go. That's down. Anyway, duh. Uh, it's set fifty years in the future, um, and it's a new America that is suffering slightly from the effects of global warming, in that the entirety of the state of Florida and some of Georgia are now underwater. <laughs> Genlock um, Wind Waker. Hey, HD Florida, remake. so it's still it's still red versus blue. Florida's gone. Yeah, just, just a little bit. There's an oppressive authoritarian force that is threatening to conquer the world. A daring team is recruited to pilot a new form so, of... So, like our world, okay. A daring team is recruited to pilot a new form of weaponized neuroscience that powers devastating mecha, but they must be willing to sacrifice everything to save the world. So, the whole premise behind this is... There's a conflict between a big, bad, authoritative government and a group of rebellious uh, freedom fighters that's headed up by none other than Michael B. Jordan. That's right. Fucking, what's his name? Killmonger. 
I was pretty impressed when I saw hero. that. It's amazing. The new human torch leads the way through global warming <laughs> catastrophe also, by boiling uh, all the water. Isn't uh, Macy Williams also? Yes. So you also got Macy Williams. You got a whole like star-studded cast. Yeah. Let me see if I can find. Yeah. Like, it's like oh, and David Tennant, like Michael B. Jordan. Yes. That he's like an Oscar-nominated actor, isn't he? Or he is. But he really loves anime, so he was trying to get his feet dipped into the water with anything he could possibly do. He's so wild for me. I've been following Roosters. I've bet I've met like I met Bernie. I've met Kathleen. I've met Jeff. I have like been following Red versus Blue since it was in the Blood Gulch Chronicles. It is so wild to see them pulling this shit. It's amazing. But yeah. So you got Dakota Fanning. You got Hot, Michael what? Jordan. You've got that's right, David. Wait, Tennant. Dakota Fanning? Yes. Maisie uh, Williams. Are you just like an, L, like, an Ellie Fanning? Like Scrooge like, McDuck himself is in this. Ellie Fanning ended up just being more talented. Wait, which one's Scrooge McDuck? David, David Tennant, Tennant is Scrooge McDuck. In the new DuckTales. Oh, that's right. There's a new one. I forgot. So, yeah, you got this, I was like, this he's whole, not around that long. Sorry. <laughs> this whole star-studded cast, pretty much. But then they also have like the regular old Rooster Teeth people thrown in there for nice little easter eggs and shit but um it's kind of like the way that the mechs work in this is very reminiscent of um pacific rim that's what i was about to about to say it seems like it so in pacific rim just for background if you haven't seen it or know anything about it you have a giant robot that is piloted by two people who have to like meld their minds together in order to control it in genlock the concept of genlocking or being able to genlock is the ability to interface with the machine itself. So instead of melding two minds together like human minds, you're melding your mind with the machine. Oh, so kind of like a uh, 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 fundamental panic. I have never seen that, but I'll take yeah, your word for it. Dope anime. Um, yeah. So the thing is that only a select number of people have the like neural system layout that necessitates being able to genlock, and then that's like the team of mechs that we follow. I think they're called Holons or something in this is the actual name of the robots. And then David Tennant plays the mad scientist monster. He's not like mad. He's just like a scientist. And he's the one who's like leading the program. Um, But yeah, it's a very fun, like futuristic, pretty dystopian look at the future with um, like not only a dystopian government taking over, but also global warming problems. So the new Civilization VI expansion is also about global warming. I'm glad to see this making its way into entertainment culture in such a way. Uh, it is really cool though because they specifically like wrote these characters or maybe just the roles in order to facilitate um, a sense of inclusivity which didn't feel like it was necessarily shoehorned in or out of place hmm. so like Michael B. Jordan is an African American main actor uh, you have Monica Real is a uh, Hispanic actor who is one of the colonels um, we have a bunch of, other, of women there's like an Iranian character Ooh. named Yaz- Yazamin um I believe there's a Japanese character. I can't remember what his name is. I think it's Kazu, but I could be wrong. And then you have Maisie Williams is like Scottish, which isn't necessarily like a minority or anything, but it's just kind of cool to have all the different uh, accents and shit. So I actually do have a question about Genlock because I've okay. more or less fallen off most of the Rooster Teeth bandwagon. Uh, just because they make so much content, I literally can't keep up with it. The The animation style of Genlock, from what I've seen from the trailers, looks very much like the same animation style as Ruby. It is exactly the same. Which yeah. was designed by the late Monty Ohm. So it, it is like the same visual it's style. It's the same like studio, and it's yeah. the same 
like basic layout of how they're animating it. They just brought in more people because this yeah. is like it's a, a big production. Project. Yeah, it's a massive project. And it's going to be very good, but it's very much like more computer animated than hand drawn. Yeah, which is where like the Western influence comes in. Mm. But then they have like the robots fighting robots whereas like that's where the the east influence comes in i mean um, uh, japan's been getting more into more and more into like 3d animation that looks like anime so yeah it's just this one doesn't really look like anime <laughs> that was the the biggest um well yeah, like, yeah. criticism i suppose on the comments were just like this art style looks so stupid how could they ever think that people would want to watch this <laughs> could people watch fucking like, ruby you nerds yeah that seems yeah, a little yeah. uh because if it's a, if it's the same animation style as ruby the only thing it does differently then is it doesn't draw the characters like yeah they are an anime style which is yeah. the only concession ruby really makes to the visual style yeah and like of, I, i've of seen anime. like some fight scenes from like later parts of ruby and yeah no it, like the animation really has upgraded since like the first episode i saw and like mm -hmm. wasn't really uh too enamored by you know uh i might just start watching ruby just uh just because of that <laughs> mm. i mean i highly recommend genlock I've, there are only two episodes out right now and you can only watch the second one if you're a rooster teeth first member well i highly recommend being but i don't know about that um, but <laughs> no the the fight scenes in this show are so beautifully well done. Like they are engaging. Um, they have a really nice flow to them that never seems like they're just dragging on or anything there. It's the pacing of the show is fantastic. And you can really tell that like, um, I can't remember which dude is in charge of it. Haddock, Gray G Haddock. Oh yeah. Gray. Uh, yeah. I saw, I saw, I didn't meet him, but I saw him at RTX. Who was like the mastermind behind this with Michael B. Jordan as an executive producer. You can tell that they really love what they're doing and that they're putting in every effort that they need to. And also a fun fact, one of the dudes I went to college with is an animator on the show now. That's so super that cool. Really cool. Awesome. Pat, thank you so much for bringing Jen Locke to the table. Um, Everybody go watch Genlock. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> and that's uh, roosterteeth.com, if I'm not mistaken, to try and go find that. That is correct. All right. So, yeah, like I said, you can watch the episodes for free. It's just if you are a first member, you get to watch them before everybody else. It's like you get them first. Oh, I get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So that wraps up. Uh, all the geek news we brought to the table. Now, based on the the, the rating section of uh, Common Geeking Program, our, our mother podcast, our host podcast, our our Canadian homeland podcast, the end of the show. Except it's American. We have a. I'm not rude. I am, but also I'm the Canadian, Canadian homeland. So the rating section is just a spot for us to reflect on what we've discussed. Uh, but it's because we don't have a single topic and it's just a free-form discussion. What we're going to do is we are going to each, uh, we're going to vote for uh, for top story. And uh, we're going to try to see which story this month made the biggest impact on all of us. So for all our different geeky, nerdy perspectives, which story stands out the most? We're going to go in the same order as, um, as we present it. And we're each just gonna quickly say which story, not which person, which individual story at the table uh, resonated with us the most. Whichever has the most votes uh, wins. If we get a tie, I have a tie-breaking thing. So, top story. I think I'm gonna go... Hmm. It's kind of a... 
This is actually, I like everything you guys brought this month, actually. This is yeah, a, it was actually pretty good. This is a tough start, because, like, y'all hit me with stuff that I was not really, not really thinking about. I guess that, oh, that, <laughs> nice visual effect with your well, webcam, Pat. no Pat, then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, Pat, assaulted podcast host. Well, you said that we hit you with stuff, so I was hitting you with it. <laughs> Like, Remind me not to make these in, kinds of jokes with you in in a, in a closed like off in a courtroom. Yeah, yeah. Never be like, oh, so Pat. Obviously, uh, I'm not gonna hit you in a courtroom. Like there are fucking <laughs> bailiffs and a jury. But what about the bedroom? Uh, only for asking for it. No, I'm just I'm just saying your logic was like you're accused of assault, and you're like, all right, I'll hit him again. I mean, for the first <laughs> time, I guess. Uh, so I think I'm going to, and I hope it's not recency bias. I'm going for Genlock as my vote for top story. Hey. Uh, honestly. I'm going to guess it was because of my eyebrows right there. The eyebrows were very persuasive. The um, Keenan, I really like knowing the status on the DC universe because I don't follow it closely. Chowder, the bilingual comic in particular really grabbed my attention. Like, I'm very interested in seeing that. Um, but I think even though I don't really have plans to walk, watch Genlock as of yet, it is more intersectional with my interests and... Maybe a little nostalgic because it's talking about a studio that I have a lot of love for. Keenan, what is your vote for top story? Um, honestly, I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, uh, with Genlock as well, just because, um, frankly, I kind of more or less, it's more Chowder's things, which were very impressive. I more or less knew about everything in uh, this podcast, including the DC one. I know. Uh, <laughs> no way, you knew the thing that you but, brought. Um, <laughs> the thing, uh, but I didn't know everything. I kind of vaguely knew about Genlock because I, I've been like kind of shadowing Rooster Teeth because, like, like Ruby's like got I sell some cutscenes from Ruby and like the action looks really good but I don't trust that their story has improved at all um cause like I have my own issues for that but the point is uh I'm just really impressed by everything that like Pat talked about Genlock cause like I saw the cast and I saw like some of the choices they made and like the whole world building seems really cool and like I'm just really that's like honestly like I wasn't really thinking about it but now I'm like I should probably like maybe either get a rooster teeth or find it someplace you know well there you go that's awesome Chatter, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're up next. Uh, if you had to vote for a top story, what's your, what's your vote? Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna vote for uh, Pat, Pat's story, Genlock. Yeah, cause uh, no, I'm interested in that now. I want to watch that. I want to see, I want to see Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Who's Pat gonna vote for? I want to see Michael B. Jordan channel the power of God in anime. So you know, it's pretty fucking sick. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Well, Pat, um, I'd ask you not to vote for your own story, but if you did, that would, uh, that would put I'm not going to vote for my th own. That'd be I'm a hat a on a hat of the hat trick you just got. I'm not a bitch. Well, actually, actually, Pat, what you don't know is you're actually going to choose the winner right now. It's a weird subclause. <laughs> everyone agrees on one, and then the one person then chooses who really wins. It's, it's weird. It's, it's a thing. I don't know. Colin put it in very, way back in like 1786. It's weird. I mean, obviously, I am the most interested in Genlock, but I'm not going to vote for my own thing because that's a bitch move. <laughs> I'm going to vote for the bilingual comic book because that actually sounds Damn really it, cool. I, didn't win. I would be very interested to see how they actually convey the entire story, even with the differing um, languages, to all audiences. If there's like a way that they provide the translation or if they're going to use the art itself in the story to convey what they want to say in those panels yeah so that's that's the one i'm picking and just for posterity that chowder that's called uh chicken soup and goju berries chicken soup and goji berries my only issue with that is like i just like 
isn't like half the story then going to be obscured for people? Like that's what I'm saying is I'm interested to see if like they turn to the actual art of the comic book or graphic novel. I can't remember which one it was, but if they use that to tell the story as just like a visual thing, because I think there are some graphic novels that are purely visual that don't have like, oh yeah definitely very many words in it at all. Like the instrumentals Jack. of the graphic uh, comic world. So, so it'll be yeah. cool if they go with that route, or if they just provide a translation somehow, or if people just have to be proactive and go learn Mandarin in order to enjoy <laughs> this book. All right, well that that wraps up the uh, that wraps up our, our our voting here in the rating section. Our top story this month. Go check out Genlock as per Pat's recommendation. That has been this month's episode of uh, the Common Briefing Program. I'm your host, Colin, and you can find me at K on various platforms, including Twitter. I've been joined by... Hey, y'all. Once again, Keaton, voice of the resistance, your best friend, and the one <laughs> telling you what's really going on. You can find me in the basement of some of my black site, because I can't allow the Gestapo secret police to... Oh, crap! No. Yeah, well, just I'm, no, no I'm going to put it in fully yeah. and cut out your audio for the rest of the episode. Yeah, no, just uh, yeah, yeah. put in like a, like a door being cra- hit down and like some boots and, you know, stuff. It'll be great. <laughs> Chowder? Uh, yeah, I'm Timel Jodery, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, at TimeWolfChotery. You can see how that's spelled in the description. You uh, sure can. Uh, Pat. Oh, yeah, Pat, fun fact, because you're the person who initially suggested the uh, the news portion of this, I'm listing you as a creator and producer of the Common Briefing Program. Woo! So this is, this is, I don't know, fun fact. So, Pat, where can people find I'm you? I'm stoked. All right. <laughs> you, I'm Pat. First and foremost, uh, you can find me swimming in the area formerly known as Florida. <laughs> also in my bedroom watching Letterkenny because that show is amazing. You want people to find you in your bedroom watching Letterkenny? Yeah, sure. All right, cool. Fine. Unless Pat. you're a unless you're a hoser hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only looking for snipe sellies, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, a common briefing program is going to air on the first Friday of every month, uh, where Common Geeking Program is every other Friday. For now, we're keeping it in the same feed. We'll see what happens over time. Uh, I'm going to be the host every month, and the people joining me is just whoever in the Common Geeking Program network wants to come in and bring their passion points to the podcast. Oh, I'll bring you my passion. So before we sign off, uh, speaking of Pat's passion, uh, let, let's 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 do a check. How how are we doing on the pro Pat meter? Comparing to the beginning, we got a we got a thumbs up from Pat, a thumbs up and a cheeky smile. I'm stoked because I won. Let's go. All right, so Keenan and Chowder, the lesson we've learned. Pat will only be happy if he wins. We have to act carefully. Well, yeah, you can ask fucking Keenan. About ah, uh, never mind. That's technically a spoiler, I guess. Oh, the episode coming out in two weeks, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, tune in February fifteenth for the next episode of Comic Geek Program. Um, any of you guys got any last things you want to say before we sign off? But okay. Uh, ciao. <laughs> oh wait, no, Keenan got got by the Gestapo. We're good. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Common Briefing Program is hosted by Colin Ketchum. Join this episode by Keenan Kodish, Timel Chaudhary, and Patrick Brem. This episode is sponsored by ProPat and ProPat Accessories. The podcast is created by Patrick Brem, Colin Ketchum, and Jeff Levitt. It's produced and edited by me, Colin, with original music also by me. We'd love for you to stay engaged with us 
at Geeking Program or hashtag CGP on Twitter and Facebook. Reviews on Apple Podcasts are also a critical help for growing the show and will read new reviews on the air. If you want to know more about us and all our works, head to commongeekingprogram.com. Stay in touch, stay tuned, and thank you for listening to this. Chicken soup and goji berries. Goji berries. I don't know goji, what goju is. Goju. Yep. You, you can find it on Kickstarter. <laughs> goju berries. Okay. I wasn't going to make that joke. That might get cut out. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Probably um, should get cut out.